Jesus used the same example, the same uh, uh, seed to demonstrate something to everybody else. He used the seed last Sabbath to demonstrate and talk to them, to talk to peop uh, people about the kingdom of God. Now he's going to use the same seed, which is the master seed, to talk about faith. And we have something here that we want to learn. I'm going to try to go fast on this so that way we don't get over 12. I have nine more minutes. Well, I can make it nine, David. Yeah, let's just move on here. Matthew Numbers, uh, chapter 17, verse 14. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and kneeled before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water and brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You know the story because I believe we mentioned this story before. And I'm not going to give details of this situation. But by now, if you apply your imagination to what's going on, you can imagine that the parent, the dad, the one who was bringing his son to the disciples was struggling with the idea that when he brought that son in front of the disciples, the followers of Christ, they couldn't do anything at all. He was frustrated. When Jesus came down the mountain, verse number 17, he said this, Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and he came out of the boy, and he was healed from that moment. I want to remind you that before Jesus was there in front of all of those people, he was coming from the mountain after having this huge special effects, whatever you want to call transfiguration, in front of his disciples, only three of them, in front of them. After coming from there, we have these people around the disciples, and they come to him, and that's when he realizes that the disciples couldn't make the miracle that this parent was hoping that is going to happen, so they came to him. The first words, and I'm going to repeat again, the first words, are harsh. They are harsh words. He said, Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation. When you read this text, some people think that he is talking to the disciples alone and only them. To tell you the truth, he is not talking only to the disciples here. He's talking to everybody who was there, including the parents. If you read the same story, if you read it in Mark, the same story in Mark, we are going to find that uh, chapter, let's see, chapter number 9 of Mark, verse number 23. This is the same story. The parent comes and also talks to Jesus and all of that, and the parent says, if you can do the miracle and Jesus in verse number 23 he said if you can that's a question everything is possible for him who believes after that 
according to the Bible, verse number 24, immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. He's not only talking to the disciples when we go back to Matthew. When he's saying for all of those, all unbelievers, he's talking not only to his disciples, but also to that father. Why is that happening there? Let me read something else. The same, the same, the, the, the same verse. All unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? How many of you have King James Version? You do. You, you do. Some of you do. If you open the King James Version, doesn't say unbelieving. What does it say? What's the word that it says in King James Version? Unfaithful people. The question is this. When you see those two verses from two different versions, you are thinking, okay, is there any difference between having faith and belief? And people, when they study this, they say, well, there is no difference. And some other ones, they say there is a difference. When you read that only word, that, only, uh, that, that, that is also used for unfaithful or unbelieving, it means both of them. Both of them. But here what is going to happen is how do you apply it? The person that was doing the translation has to apply it. Okay, is this thing about believing or is this thing about faith? My question is, what is it? Is it? about being unfaithful, sorry, unbelieving, or is about being, not be, I mean, not having faith, faith, you know, uh, well, what do you call it, the name was that? Faithless. What is it? Here I hear that Jim is saying it's the same thing. Yes, it is the same thing. But you have to remember something, and we are going to read it, the passage a little bit farther. When you believe, you usually believe in someone, and in this case, you are going to believe in the Son of God. Let me take you this way. Matthew, go back to Matthew chapter 10. When Jesus sent his disciples, he's the one sending his disciples. Verse, uh, chapter number 10, verse number 7. Matthew. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. That's next Sabbath. We're going to talk about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. By this moment, when this happened, Jesus was sending his disciples to do healing, to take demons out. He was sending them with a specific mission. Now here we have Jesus coming, knowing that, seeing all these people, and after seeing that this father is coming and saying, you know, I'm taking this sick boy to your disciples. They're not doing anything. Can you do it? The first thing Jesus says is, unbelieving generation. 
for both of them. The disciples did have a command from Jesus Christ. You are going to take demons out also. The problem is not if they have faith, but if they really believe him. You see, we have problems. I can believe that I am a Mexican, but I'm not Mexican. You know that I'm Peruvian. I eat tacos. I eat lots of hot salsa. Do you think I'm Mexican? No, I'm not Mexican. But I can believe, and many of you can believe that I'm really Mexican because I'm doing all of those things. I can even talk like what they call Chilango, from someone from the uh, capital of Mexico, Mexico City. It's not about having faith when you talk about disciples and Jesus Christ. Jesus believes in you. Jesus knows exactly what you can do. And we see the story through the Bible. The problem is that we lack that believing. We don't believe, not even in our tongues many times. You know that, right? I can stand in front of you and tell you, Carolyn, I want you to preach next Sabbath. And you're going to be like nervous, right? Pastor, do you believe I can do it? That's the first question that she can probably say. So, yeah, I do. But she's probably struggling because she said, I don't believe I can do it. When Jesus calls you, he believes you can do it. When Jesus sent his disciples to do the job, he believes his disciples can do the job. You are believing people, disciples, generations. How can you just believe me a little bit? How can you name yourself followers of Christ, but you don't really believe me, not even one word of what I said? Which part of that, chapter 9, of all the things that I told you you are going to do, you believe then? Which one is it? Now, that's hard. I suppose by that moment, the disciples were kind of like, oh, man, is he talking about me? But also the parent, as I mentioned, the parent was coming to the disciples to find the solution to the sickness of his son. You can come to anybody to find the sickness to whoever you have, but there is only one person which in that person you base that that sickness, I mean, that sickness is going to go away, and his name is Jesus Christ. But you know what he did? They went in front of the disciples. They didn't believe, really, they can probably do it. He thought, I thought you can do it. He turned around, ah, you can do it. You're Jesus. Come on, come here. Please, help me. Help me with my unbelief. Now, maybe that's, I don't know if you're confused a little bit. But I want to tell you that this is important for you and me to understand. Because if we call ourselves Christians, we must believe everything about Christ and what he says about you. And what he commands you to do and what he commands to this church to do. If you believe in something else, you are in the wrong place, brother and sister. You know, Jesus used harsh words, and I'm going to repeat them. Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, 
And that's why he said this. How long shall I stay with you? Do you need to see me in order to believe that I can do the miracle? Do you need to make sure that I'm around you so that way you know that I can do the miracle? How long shall I put up with you? It's like saying, I'm tired of this. What's wrong with you people? Didn't I show you already enough that if you do many of those things in my name, it's going to happen? How many of us are in the same place as these disciples? How many of us are there? How many of us call ourselves Christians, but really when the moment comes, it's really difficult to believe in that person that says everything is going to be okay. Even when we mentioned a few months ago when we were talking about uh, the last days and how the Bible repeats how many times, hey, don't worry, but don't worry. He keeps repeating that all the time. But you know what happened? We always get worried. We always end up in the same thing. Especially at these days, brothers and sisters. Some of you are worried that you're not going to have a job in a couple of weeks. You're not going to have, a, I mean, some, some place to go and work and feed your family in a couple of months. You don't really know if maybe next week you go back to work and they say, you know what? Sorry, but you have to go home. We don't have a place for you. You don't even know if you leave this place. And maybe you're going to get a heart attack out there. Nobody knows anything. But what do you believe? Do you believe in Christ as you say you believe in Christ? If you do, I want to encourage you to be faithful to those words that Jesus said to his disciples. To believe in those words. But the only way to believe in those words is to believe in the person. Jesus, better than nobody else here, including myself, knows about relationships. He knows that you need to believe, and in order to believe, you need to spend time with that person. Can you imagine if my wife one day said, uh, sorry, one day I was driving around, and then I see her when I'm driving around with somebody else, some other man walking to a Taco Bell. And then the first thing I'm going to just turn around, get man, is what are you doing here? What's wrong with you? I'm just getting a taco here, a veggie taco. They don't have veggie tacos, but, you know, gluten taco, something. Uh, you know, I'm here to, to, to eat something like that. No, no, no. What is that? Who is that man? That's a partner from my world, my desert. No, that's not true. He's looking you kind of weird. I saw him walking. I mean, looking to you kind of weird. But that's nothing wrong, you know. And I start making my own show. My own telenovela, soap opera there. And everybody's stopping. I mean, what's wrong? Man, she's unfaithful. Look at with somebody else. And she's not even unfaithful. But because the time, because of the time that I spend with her, I'm going to believe that she's telling me the truth, isn't it? If she tells me, no, it's not like that, I'm going to believe. You know, Jesus is not wrong. I want you to keep reading this passage now. Verse number 18. Verse 18. Jesus rebuked the demon, 
and it came out of the boy, and he was healed from that moment. Then, verse number 19, then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked why we couldn't we or yeah why couldn't we drive it out drive the demon out verse number 20 he replied because you have so little faith i tell you the truth if you have faith as small as a mustard seed you can say to this mountain move from here to there and it will move nothing will be impossible for you Let's go back to Jim, to King James. What King James said? Can somebody read that passage, verse number 20? He replied, because you, what? I think I have my Bible. That's why, that's why I have it here. But it's just so colorful. I don't want you to think like, oh. But it's nice. Let me read it. Because of you unbelief. This Bible says, you little faith. Now, King James uses unbelief. How can they change if it's almost the same word? Why do they change it from faith to belief? Unfaith, oh, sorry, uh, faithless to unbelief. And why do they change it like that? I keep reading. Because of your unbelief, for as surely I say to you, if you have faith as a master seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, etc., etc. King James and NIV, they keep moving the term as something different. But they are the same. They are very much telling you, this is about believing. And if you are talking about a person who sent you before to do the job, you are talking about someone. And you can't just say you have faith. You have to believe before you even have faith. How can you, how can you have faith? This the version that, how can, oh, sorry. Uh, you need to have faith like a small, and NIV says little seed or small seed of master, master seed. And by the way, that's even a little bit, somebody put there some extra there. And it's nothing new about that. If you keep reading that text, you are going to find that NIV don't have verse number 21. It jumps from 20 to 22. And King James have, I believe, the 21 there. Why is that? You know, some people say, well, the King James is... Is the one is the right one. <laughs> it's just interesting. And some other people say no, NIV is the one that you know is doing right. And that's why sometimes you need to take both or three versions or whatever version you have in front of you. And after that, you probably have to go back to the Greek, which also showed show you the right stuff. Well, this time I went back to the Greek. I have my own Greek book right there with, with, with all the uh, the te- the New Testament and all of that. And I'm going to tell you this, brothers. Number 21 doesn't exist there. It's not in the Greek. But why is not there? It's very simple. As you know, many of those passages are, ba- are based in, in the different manuscripts that we have today. The ones that are being used 
really the great one, the Vatican and all of those, the ones that are being used, they show some of those passages and the other manuscripts they don't show. So some people say, well, it's there, it's not there, maybe somebody added. Why? Because verse number 21 also says, verse number 21, which is in King James Version, says that these kind of demons are only take out with what? Prayer and fasting. And that's why people, when they study the Bible, they say one minute, one minute. We have this section right here that Jesus is clear talking about believing, be, uh, about faith, whatever it is right there. He's talking about that. And sadly, he changes, but he says, that one is take out with prayer and fasting. But Mark, Mark shows, shows the praying and fasting. You see that? So now they are struggling, which one is the truth? You have to follow the story. You have to follow the translation. Jesus Christ, when he talks about the master seat now, he's not talking about how small and how big is your faith. And that's the problem that we all have. How much faith? This morning I was asking Dave, Dave, how much faith do you have from 1 to 10? He gets quiet. I don't get anything. Depends on what? What are you talking about exactly? Depends on what? If I ask you from 1 to 10, how much faith do you have? Jim. Depends on what? How much faith do you have, sir, from 1 to 10 for anything? About half? And she's like, oh, maybe about half. What about you? How much faith do you have from 1 to 10? Probably half. Everybody's being humble. Half, half. What about, oh, brother, you are smiling. You probably have a 9 or 10. How much faith? 11? Maybe not that much, but I'm there, something around there. When we read that passage and we read that one of the versions said, as little as the master seat, you know what happened? And that's what happened when they translate. Some people said, well, they become to be editors. To some point they become because they need to choose when they have one word that means three different things. They said, okay, which one is the one? And that's why we have changed from unbelieving to am to faithless and all of that. He's not talking about how big is your faith. Because we have a problem. We try to compare each other with how much faith you and me, we have. You hear people, did you ever hear people that sometimes they say, you know what, can you pray for me? Well, I don't know. Can, can, can you do it? I don't know if I can do it. That brother has more years here in the church. No, that brother reads more of the Bible. And notice that that brother prays more. And we try to compare how much we have. And we are, you know, continually, we are racing like, oh, man, you know, I have to read more every day so I can be better. And that's why you have that race. And we think, my faith is small. He's talking about little. So if I have it as little as just that one, oh, wow. But he's not talking about little. He's talking, that even, that doesn't really even mention as little as the master seat. If your faith or if your unbelief is like the master seed. And you remember what we talked about the master seed last week? The master seed? Nobody really, I mean, it's so, come on, nobody really cares that much. It's so small. Nobody, I mean, it's just something that you throw it up there and it grows just like that. If your faith is just like a master seed, even that everybody else thinks 
you have less faith or less belief than anybody else. If your faith, if your belief in me is like mustard seed, that even that is small, you think, you know it's going to grow big, that makes a huge difference. It's not how big it is for you right now. It's not how big it is for my brother or sister right now. It's a matter of believing. And he used that example, like many people said, to try to show people that even with something so small, if you want to call it, when you talk size, with something that nobody pays attention, you can do great things. It's like moving a mountain. And probably by your mind comes the mountain family, nothing to do with them. Nothing to do with Kerr Mountain moving it to one side to the other. I have faith that if I tell him, he's going to move. Maybe he said, no, I'm going to move. Nothing to do with that. The interesting thing is that God never makes any promises to those who have bigger faith or more faith, whatever you want to call, than the faith of a master seed. He never said anything about that. James just talked about people who just, it's hard for them to believe, but they just need to believe. But they need to believe in one person. His name is Christ. His name is Christ. I'm going to repeat this Bible text here. Because you have so little faith. Because you have so small, so tiny, so wordless belief in me, like nobody pays attention to you. I tell you the truth. If you have, if you believe as a small, just like maybe something like the master seed, if you believe, you can say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it will be moved nothing will be impossible for you. Brothers and sisters, after that, as you read the next verse, verse 22 for the NIV, 21 is the next one that says, these demons only come out with prayer and fasting. Verse 22, when they came together in Galilee, he said to them, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him, and on the third day he will be raised to life. And the disciples were filled with grief. He was preparing them for the worst moment of their life. What moment are you living right now? Are you, mean, are you living the best moments of your life right now? Are you living the worst moments since you were born? I'm not from this country. But this is the worst that I see. And I remember just a few years ago, remember, honey, when in Kailam we used to have a house and the economy went down, Kailam? It went down. It was bad in California. We lost that house. Remember, Patty? We lost that one. But how is the economy now? Isn't it worse than probably back then? jobs being loose but on top of that 
What about you? Your health? What about you? Your family? What about you? Your relationship with your kids? Your parents? Your relationship with others? With brothers and sisters? Are you going through the worst things, the worst moments in your life right now? If you are, I want you to remember this. Believe. Believe. Believe in Christ. Believe that he is the only one who is going to help you through. Believe that he is the only one through who you are going to gain and grab that power, that faith, that thing that is going to move you on in your daily life. He is the only one. Believe. And even if you think, you know what, Pastor, but I don't have that much faith. And whatever, you know, you try to explain that, but I don't have that much faith. Believe. Even if it's a small belief. Everything starts by that. You and I, we have to believe. You know, Jesus Christ died on the cross because he believed in you. He believed in you. And because he believed in you, now it's time for you to do something. Believe in Christ. Believe that these times are going to be bad, I mean, are going to be part of the past, and we are going to be praising his name because he's the one who helped us through you are not alone. You can feel that you are less. You can feel that you are worthless. You can feel many things. You are not alone. You are precious before the eyes of God. You. I'm talking to you. You are not alone. And I'm telling you this with more reason after reading those text messages. After listening to some of you. You are not alone. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, at this moment, oh Lord, I want to praise your name because you use examples in the Bible to teach us. But sometimes they just don't make any sense. Last week, you were using the same example to talk about your kingdom. And now you're using the same example to talk about faith, about believing. At this moment, I want to bring my brothers and sisters before your presence. You know what they are going through. You know what they need. They need you. We all need to believe more and more in Christ. If we call ourselves Christians, we need to believe in every word that came out of your mouth. And every of those, every of those words that are in the Bible that talks about you and the things that you encourage us to do, we need to believe. Help us with our unbelief. Thank you, Lord, because this church... This church is your church, and it's a blessing. Not only for many here, but it's a blessing in this community. 
a blessing for others that don't know you. And I want to ask you, Lord, for you to use each one of their members, each one of your children here, that when they leave this place, they can also encourage others to believe in Christ. They can also encourage others to believe in that kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, to believe in the Son of God who is coming soon, very soon, to take us home. Thank you, Lord. Thank you because you have so much patience. Thank you because you love us so much. In Jesus' name, we want to ask all of this. Amen.